0: You've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton.
1: And welcome to another thrilling podcast of the Paranoia Podcast. I am Olaf Phillips. Usually, we have Ron Patton. Ron is feeling under the weather tonight. So it's just me. That's the part where Ron talks. He's not talking because he's not here. So I got to do this solo, which I'm super bad at. But I'll give it a whirl. We have a wonderful guest tonight, so hopefully that will make it easier. So so, uh, some news. Uh, The new issue is out. Please go buy it. It's on Amazon. Just uh, search Paranoia Magazine 66. I think it's 66 Or uh, you can go to the website whatever. There's also a link on Facebook if you're on Facebook. Uh, big shout-out to Dave Scott over there at SOR. $2 shout-out. I don't know where he finds these $2 bills, but they just keep flowing. So shout-out to Spaced Out Radio Dave Scott. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, yes, uh, big, big news. Um, I have located a archive of Pretty much all the radio transmissions and and, uh, recordings from uh, Reverend Jim Jones from the People's Temple. Uh, That's the whole thing in French Guiana. Um, He recorded quite a bit of crap and uh, for historical significance, we have set up a radio station that pretty much plays it sequentially um, in a loop. There's approximately one month of audio. There's something like 1,200 recordings. So we're just going to let that loop for the next month or so, and well, we're going to let it loop forever. You guys can go listen. Um, I will say that I've listened to some of it, and it's bizarre. To say that it's not bizarre is to understate the bizarreness of it. Um, if you're interested in Marxism, definitely give it a give it a listen. Uh, he goes on quite a few Marxist ranch, I'm talking about Mao and. And uh, Castro and all these other guys. And um, at the very end, uh, after a month, there's actually the recording that was um, recorded the night <clears throat> that they uh, they all committed suicide. He actually recorded it, and I guess he died uh, as it was recording, which is pretty morbid, but if you want to listen to it, it's in there too. Uh, they call it the death tape, but it's there. Again, cultural significance, historical significance. You know we felt that it was important to uh, to allow people to hear this because it's it's interesting and it was an event, and it gives you more context. So that's Lupin. Um, that's on Facebook. You can find that or on the website. Um, what else? Uh, I am getting ready to re-release. Uh, we've been working with H Michael Sweeney. I'm getting ready to re-release. The Professional Paranoid and MC Realities. Uh, these are books about what to do in case you're a targeted individual or you're being uh, stalked by people, especially nefarious agencies. Um, the Professional Paranoid, the original book, was actually very interesting. The uh, first edition was um, was printed by Feral House, and I guess there was some drama, and so after that, uh, Curry, um actually published it himself for a while. He bought it back from Farrell House, and he published it for a while. So there was some high drama around it being published. Hopefully it won't cause me some high drama, but we're getting it back up there. So uh, within the next week or, week or two, um, it should be on Amazon, and you'll be able to buy it, listen to subsequent podcasts to uh, find out the status. But again, if you're interested in surveillance, counter-surveillance, if you're a targeted individual, uh, you believe you're a victim of mind control, um, electronic mind control, definitely uh, read it. That and, um, you know, uh, MC Realities, which was the follow-up, that's a sequel. Uh, gives you some great steps to uh, to try to fight it, uh, to see if you are being followed, you are being messed with. So definitely check it out. All right, so now we come to the meat of the show. Uh, tonight we have... Uh, Natalie Meraki on, Uh, we had her as a guest, um, I don't know, a couple months ago. Uh, She is a tarot reader, amongst other things, and uh, she has just released a new tarot deck. Uh, You'll remember she's the inappropriate uh, tarot reader, so she's just released a new tarot deck of her own making uh, called Tarot Mood, so we thought we'd have her back on. Um, Natalie, Hello.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and keeping Ron's uh, seat nice and warm.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, his virtual seat is nice and warm. We hope he feels better tomorrow. I'm
2: just farting in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just farting in it.
2: Yeah, I noticed
1: on your Kickstarter, the five dollar pledge was, uh, I'll fart in your direction. Uh, General direction. It's a
2: Monty Python joke. I know. I thought
1: that was really an awesome. Pay me five dollars to fart towards you. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
2: I had to offer something <laughs> And actually yeah. the, the fart in your general direction Carries out throughout the tiers You can pretty much I mean for the 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 two deck tier, Which is called the BFF tier Best friends forever Which is technically like You know basically supposed to be like You get one for you and your friend I make you fart on each right. other for that one Because I just think that's oh. hot okay. so- <laughs>
1: So I can pay to fart on my friend. Okay.
2: Well, you pay for me to order you to fart on your friend. So it's just sort of oh, a okay. key thing. Sure.
1: Now, now, note to the wise, please don't light your farts. Uh, that can go really wrong.
2: Has that happened to you? I
1: know. I watched somebody do it.
2: Oh, no. Yeah,
1: the first, the first couple times is okay. The third, the third time it didn't go so well
2: what happened
1: uh well he couldn't get enough out and so the flame came back toward his butt and it actually singed the hair on his butt
2: okay well at least it didn't go like inside of his butthole or anything
1: (laughs) so that that would have been challenging that that would have been challenging (laughs) we had to rush him off to the er
2: that's a good way to get rid of your hair i mean i'm sure it's not any more painful than wax removal
1: no <laughs> but what it's, it's what it does to your skin
2: oh okay okay it
1: burns your skin right, oh, right now
2: i feel bad for him <laughs> it's a
1: methane flame it's <laughs> natural gas you know more ways than one all right so tell us about the deck
2: oh well it is my disgustingly relatable irreverent tarot deck um so you know i've pissed off quite a few tarot readers but i've got my my weirdos that love me and follow me that are that are down for the sickness so um uh it is basically um the writer weight uh the The Rider Waite Smith deck And it's just uh, recolored, and then it's got These funny things that I've written on it That's sort of like comics Um So it's sort of educational, too. And basically, like, one day I was just sitting there smoking a bunch of weed and listening to uh, this guy rattle off YouTube description or descriptions of the cards on YouTube. And just, like, he was such a dork. It was awesome. Like, (laughs) the link, like, this guy was just, the way that he talked was just triggering these funny things coming out in my head. And so I started writing them down, and I shared a few of them in some Some Facebook tarot groups and people were like oh my god you have to do the whole deck and so I did
1: (laughs) now the comments the comments are, are gross and and funny but they they're applicable as well
2: Right, right. So it's sort of like, it can, it can help us, uh, us gross and funny people relate to the cards, you know, in, because so many people ask when they're learning card, the tarot cards, how, how do I memorize all of these, um, you know meanings and and stuff and anytime you get into a tarot book or a tarot deck they always have these keywords you know four or five keywords that apply to each card which it doesn't really that's more of a memorization technique whereas this it really helps you go okay like that I can relate to now I get what this card is about and you know it's okay. it's definitely not uh, like woo <laughs> We don't say love and light in my group. We say loathe and lies. <laughs> there
1: you go. Yeah, so I guess it's it's caused a bit of a stir.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I got t- kicked out of a couple big groups. Um, you know, I've had some people say that they just think it's disrespectful. And that's okay. You know, it, they feel like it's disrespectful to the original artist, which I love Pam- <laughs> I think that she is, is was a really cool lady. She was also a children's book author. I thought that was interesting that she was a tarot reader and a children's book author, which I am as well. And believe it or not, <laughs> yeah. and uh, she was um, a woman of color. She was uh, a lesbian, and you know, Gosh. so she had some things back then that were that made things hard for her, and uh, sure. and she just had made this beautiful deck though. And anyway, I think that she would really like it. <laughs> I can't, am I, uh, on, am I on FCC rules on this? As far as what I can say, I can't remember.
1: Yeah, you are. Unfortunately.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say something. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> you
1: can say the, you can say, well, I was thinking an F word. I you mean, know, you can do
2: that. So can I say, can I spell it inside? Can I say D I C K? <laughs> oh, yeah, you
1: can say that.
2: Can oh, say okay. That. Well, me and my friends like to say that Pammy sucks my dick every day. <laughs> we call her Pammy. Her name's Pamela. She was a cool lady, really great yeah, artist. Like so, it. yeah, so I took her line art, which is now public <laughs> domain, and I recolored it um, and then just made it because I, you know, it's, it's just supposed to be sort of a comic me they, their're memes the, the the cards themselves work as memes I share them around and just kind of make people giggle and um it just happened you know so many times while I was creating them that people would say you have to make a deck out of this this is helping me learn this so much this is so relatable like I totally get this card now and so I was like all right and so I Figured out how to put my own deck together, and I did it, and it's beautiful. I have it in my hands. I have my sample deck.
1: <laughs> so, so I guess you you created a Kickstarter to try to to try to actually make the decks,
2: right? So, um, it's it's common in the indie tarot deck community to um, get your decks going on a crowd, crowdfunding campaign. Uh, crowdfunding platform and i used kickstarter because that's pretty much what everybody uses for tarot decks and um luckily as far as the production i found somebody that um already produced quite a number of decks that i recognize and that i know from the community so i know that they have really great quality and so i was lucky to get brought into that group right away and um and so yeah they basically what the crowdfunding is is just you set your your funding goal just enough to pay for the print of 500 decks which is the minimum order quantity for most places and um, so so now I started my Kickstarter yesterday morning and I'm already 125% funded which means that I can have the 500 decks printed and that means I've only sold 100 of them so I still have 400 to sell but I've got the printing paid for which is what I all I needed to get going so it's really exciting
1: yeah <laughs> that's awesome you know you know as a as a uh independent publisher you know getting getting to a point where you have that critical mass to be able to actually print stuff you know it, it's tricky it's hard so you know that's right. off to you.
2: well thank you i've you know doing my publishing i've done it mainly through amazon which is um uh, you know, print on demand. And so I didn't ever have to have a a chunk of money to get to get things going. Um, so this is a little bit different. But it's I mean, I was a wreck three days ago, I was like at my doctor, like, give me some Klonopin. <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm so nervous. I was just like, you know, having nightmares and I just thought that, you know, yeah, everybody's excited about the deck, but is it gonna actually happen? And so um as soon as I started the the campaign, it I had two people right away and I was really excited about that. And then within an hour I had 14 people and I was like, oh my God. And now I have 87 backers. So and that's and I started yesterday at 8 a.m. So yay. <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. And and you know you know what's nice about that is that, you know, as more people sign up and you know, if you're interested in tarot and you, you have a sick sense of humor, you know, definitely definitely check the deck out. But if you know, it's nice because as you continue to sell more, you know, it allows you to have a little extra money to be able to do more stuff, you know, to extend it and, and to to start on your next project. So it's it's a good way to support you know, support an indie publisher.
2: Right. Yeah. Because, yes. yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, just because I'm a ball of anxiety, like I, I think that people are going to stop backing like now, like that's all I'm getting, you know, and it's <laughs> it's over. But you know, the reality is that I have 28 days to sell as many decks as I can and, or, you know, have them backed is how is the, the lingo. Um, and yeah, it's you know anything could happen. I well, I was talking to the lady that prints that is printing the deck and giving her my ideas and telling her that I wanted to you know how simple I wanted to stay with it and everything, and she was like, Natalie, Kickstarter is for people that want something unique, that want a. A keepsake yeah. it's something to to change your life. you know Kickstarter is right. not just to try to get a product out there you know and no big deal it's a big deal and so I'm, I keep trying to remember that <laughs> well,
3: you know
1: when I when i when I went on Kickstarter and I was looking for your deck oh. um, I saw there are a couple of other decks that on that are on there that are not funded. oh really but actually. Yeah, there were, there are a couple other ducks that that failed to achieve the funding. So, you know, again, you're very lucky, and you know, hats off to your fans for for chipping in and
2: well, everybody, she- you know. That's that's the thing when you decide to authentically be a weirdo um and not give a crap what anybody thinks, then you know. And I even thought about this with my emails today because I was sending out emails and and I mean they were just ridiculous. And I'm thinking I'm going to scare off some buyers, and then I was like, no, I am strengthening my niche because you're gonna yeah, of course you're gonna piss off. Um, so a bunch of people that don't get you but those people that do get you are like oh my god this girl is like my hero (laughs) they're gonna buy anything so it's it's that's how you build your niche is just being completely yourself don't care what anybody thinks and that's what i've been doing for this deck has been in the making for a year and so i've been you know in the facebook groups collecting my weirdos <laughs> and I've got a couple thousand people, um, in my group and on Facebook tarot mood. And I've got a few, a little over 3000 followers on Instagram, which is a lot for a tarot account. And, um, they just sure. keep going in and people are like, how, you know, cause most tarot accounts have like two or 300 followers and they're like, how are you doing this? And I'm like, just putting out original content and being myself, you know? Even if that is probably going to get me kicked from a tarot group or probably make some people unfollow me. Like, if you try... I did the thing where I tried to appeal to everybody, and that appealed to nobody, you know? Yeah. So... Watch
1: the- I totally get it. I mean, you know, I'm unabashedly a weirdo. And, yes. You know, this stuff. Right. And, and in the conspiracy world, you know, everybody, they're so. There there's I don't know, it's, they're so stick up your ass kind of kind of scenario. And and it's like, look, I'm I'm researching the same things, but I I, I tend to take a different tack toward it. And, you know, this stuff, it's very serious. But at the same time. You know, some of this stuff is just bizarre. Right. You know, and and you can't. Yeah. And it's like, don't shy away from it just because it's bizarre. You know, you got to go for it. I mean, when we, yeah. when we originally did the podcast, we, you know, I edited it. I took out all the coughing.
3: <clears throat>
1: I took out all the grunting.
3: <laughs>
1: you know, we were very, very serious. Like, if you listen to the first few, we were very serious. And then one day, you know, me and Ron were talking about it. It's like, look. You know, it takes it takes too much time to edit it. You know, screw it. We're just gonna go with it and just do whatever. And if we miss if we miss a week or we miss a month or, you know, the people who are interested, you know, they send us hate mail. But it's really like hate mail. Like, hey, you know, we want more. <laughs> and, you know, granted, we lost some we lost some subscriptions, but that's okay because yeah. I'll tell you. The people that are subscribed, you know, they're they're very into it, and yep. that's why we always say we're the best amateur hour in conspiracy podcasting because we don't care, we don't yeah. give a crap.
2: Yep, that's yeah, when you're just like, being yourself. You're being authentic, and that's a light yeah. that people are drawn to. And you know, yeah, I've had, I've had definitely since I've been sending out uh, my emails for the deck launch, um, some unsubscribes. And I got a message from a lady that was uh, praying for my soul's um, oh, good. Save, saving from Jesus. Oh, <laughs> good.
1: Well, that, that's fantastic. You know, I, I hope everybody's out out there is, is praying to save my soul for Jesus.
2: I know, you know right? Yeah. Yeah, please. All please that energy, that give it to me. me. Give me the energy. Give it to me. I'm, yeah, I'm all,
1: I'm all for
2: it, man. <laughs> well, up, baby. I ended up. It was just the right length of an email to get into one screenshot to share with my group so that we could laugh. I didn't share her name or anything like that, but you know, of so course. we could laugh. And then, I, I, my response to her was, "Thank you so much for sending me the perfect length message to fit into one screenshot so that my group and I could laugh at you." <laughs>
1: <laughs> really trying to save you.
2: Well, you know, I <laughs> uh, I grew up in that, so I have I have yeah. it doesn't it doesn't upset me. It makes me laugh, and so uh, she probably but, doesn't. share hey, humor, but uh,
1: one one thing, public service announcement. You know, paranoia loves everybody. You know, paranoia loves everybody and paranoia hates everybody. So yeah, but, you know we're we're down we're down with all that yeah you know but it's like my facebook you know people when i originally started it you know i i put up pictures of my kids and pictures of this and that and it was like you know i'm no so i just put up it's more like a stream of consciousness and i think a lot of people initially thought oh you know you're a conspiracy guy it's all going to be like Screw the New World Order and pictures of dollars With arrows on it Mm -hmm. It's like no It's me going weird places Pies, cakes
2: Yeah, yours is all traveling and food
1: Random weird stuff
2: You have a great Instagram account I just followed it And I I always love your pictures They're really good
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was funny The first time I ever built one of those tanks I have an obsession with this particular tank and the first and I get these Lego kits from all over the world to, that are this tank, and I got about four of them I think now, and uh, I build up these other like weird knockoff Lego kits of military equipment <coughs> because I don't know if you know this, but but Lego has a policy that they will not make Lego kits with modern weaponry. Mm. So you know they'll they'll have like a flintlock, you know like you know a, a pirate or whatever but they won't have like a tank or a bomber or whatever so you know I, I started to find that there are all these other people that make these block kits with all this military junk and so you know i the first time i i i made a, made one it was a it was a dive bomber and and i had made it and i thought should i put it on the instagram i'm like will people think that's weird and so I put it on there, and like everybody's like, "Oh, this is super cool," you know. Yeah. So I put all my pictures of my Lego on there.
2: How long does one of those take you?
1: You know, it depends. Uh, it can be from a from a couple hours to a couple days. It kind of depends. You know, generally, generally if I if I concentrate, because it's a good stress reliever, if I concentrate, I can do it on a Sunday afternoon.
3: Mhm.
1: You know, I have some more complex kits that I I I bought that are just sitting there waiting because I I haven't had time recently to do them. I um I got one in particular, it's a C47, it's an old uh cargo plane from World War 2.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: <clears throat> yeah, and I know somebody who is in Vietnam and uh one of those they had retrofitted one of those, of these big machine guns and they call them a uh, puff, the magic dragons. And so this person uh, had gotten into a, a bit of a bad situation. And so he called in a couple of these and they, they flew around this, around the jungle and they basically mowed down the jungle for about a half mile.
3: Wow. And
1: So, you know, I, yeah. So the, um, Kobe, COBI, the one I really like. They have a lot of really good stuff. They, they came out of the C-47. I'm like, oh, I got to do it. So I got the C-47, and it's a, it's a pretty complicated one. And then I went and found, on eBay, I found some more, um, like, um, guns, like little Le- Lego-style guns. And they had the, the kind of the Gatling guns that are mounted on this C-47. So I bought a separate kit with the guns. So that I could convert the the Kobe kit into a puff the magic dragon
2: nice. <laughs> Are you sending it to I, your friend? Oh yeah, that's awesome.
1: yeah, those puffs, man, they're crazy. It's nowadays they use c 130s they call them spectres. but back in Vietnam, they use these they had a bunch of these c 47s so they converted them <laughs> so they call them. Puff the magic dragons, which I thought was hilarious.
2: Yes, in a very negative way. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, so, I hear you.
1: That's my. That, but yeah, you know I, I post I post pictures of lock military block kits. I, I have an obsession with a t seventy two tank because it you know when I was a kid, the t seventy two was the modern Soviet tank. So whenever they were like threatening people and like invading countries or whatever, They always use this one tank and it's actually the tank you see like from the Gulf war because they sold them to all these third world countries. So like the Iraqis had just like mounds of these T-72 tanks. So, you know, I have a bit of an obsession with the T-72. The one, the one I can't find is what's called an MI-24. It's a helicopter. Um, It's a helicopter gunship that they used in like Afghanistan. And it's a, it's just a monster of a helicopter. You know, it's all armored. In fact, uh, we sold the Mujahideen, those Stinger missiles. I don't, I don't know if you remember back then, but there was this big thing where we were run, running guns to the Afghani rebels and Mujahideen to fight the Soviets. And they used the Stinger because the heat, the heat, the whole thing is armored. So you can't really shoot it down very easily. But the, um, the exhaust vents for the turbines, uh, you can't. Well, at that time, you couldn't shield them very well. So basically what you could do is you could use this Stinger rocket and lock on to the—because it's a heat seeker. So you lock on to the heat coming out of the turbines. And then when you fire it, it blows the the rotor blade off, and then the helicopter falls out of the sky. Well, I can't—I've been pleading with Kobe to make one. I found one from China. The problem is, is it's like rainbow colors. And it's just like <laughs> it just doesn't go with my deal, you know, it's all
3: like circus <laughs> colors. Like, and glitter this heli-
1: I- Right, now, I messaged the guy, I'm well, this is like a this is like a circus helicopter. You understand this is a military
3: gunship.
1: And like, well, <laughs> that's the only colors they come in. I'm like, well this is this is bad. I mean I even thought about spray painting it. It was the taste,
2: <laughs> There you go. That might be kinda cool.
1: Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway you're a tarot card reader and i'm talking about block kits
2: and that's okay it's interesting i i was wondering about your your magazine coming out is it already out to order
1: oh yeah yeah you can go on amazon and go get it in fact everybody go go buy it right now yeah and if you're if you're a patreon subscriber yours is coming soon i just got to get it ordered and it takes a while but it's coming i promise
2: very cool, and thank you for the full-page ad in that. That was very nice of you.
3: Oh, we we'll try to help out.
2: Well, you've been very helpful. I really appreciate it. I was wondering what your, uh, what your favorite article is this month, what I should look out for in your magazine.
1: You know, people have asked me that before. The truth is I don't really have a favorite. Mm-hmm. They're all good the are you serious stuff is kind of fun he he is a (coughs) he's a old school uh kind of provocateur from back in the 80s and the 90s he actually published a magazine called mondo 2000 which back in the phone freak phone freak days in the the early cyber culture he was one of the pioneers in the early cyber culture cyberpunk and all that
3: cool he
1: wrote a couple of yeah, he did a couple poems. I convinced him to put it in the mag. Oh,
3: That's nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. But, hey, I'm supposed to talk about tarot shit. so Sorry, tarot stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> so
2: why,
1: why don't you give me a damn reading? I, wa- I want I want an inappropriate tarot reading using your deck.
2: All right. So <laughs> you ready to get decked down? <laughs> I am. Well, the first Bring thing... It on. Thing you have to do when you're giving an inappropriate tarot reading is get your tits out so tits out that's the name of a we're actually making a book in in my my facebook group for tarot mood where, where we're collecting spells and it's going to be called tits out the big book of i'm trying to remember because it's been in the making for so long uh the big book of uh i don't know something spells for for bad witches and it's just like ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> so that's our <laughs> Yeah, be watching for that 2020 when we'll have that come out. Okay, so what do you want your reading to be about? I'm shuffling my cards if that's what you hear.
1: Oh boy. How about how about the near future?
2: Okay. Is
1: that nebulous enough?
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to do a certain spread here that'll give you your your past, your future, and uh, what your present and advice and an outcome. So, this Okey you.
3: Dokey.
2: I know you've got a flight coming up tomorrow, so.
3: I do.
1: I'm getting on an airplane. Lucky me.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. all the way to Florida. <laughs> yes,
1: I'm going to Florida. At least it's not Parts summer. Unknown. Hey, I'm I'm adventuring.
2: Well, um, so for for your present, you have the Two of Cups and the uh the Knight of Swords, which is um basically cocaine fueled love. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, maybe you'll have some fun in a hotel room oh. <laughs> um, at the bar yeah, yeah. and uh, bar. Uh, yeah so I mean then for your past you have the nine of wands and so basically like you know you've you've got all these things lined up and you you feel like you have to protect them, but that's okay. Cause you can let it, you can let loose in the, in the bar with the cocaine. And in the future you have uh, the, well, I call it the the top boy of devil cats, but it's the king of pentacles. Um, I've renamed a lot of my cards. So like the Kings are the top boys. Yes. <laughs> Um and that's the sugar daddy card but it is reversed and so maybe uh you're going to not pay for the drinks during that hotel bar trip <laughs>
1: Somebody else who's going to buy the drinks for me, huh?
2: Yeah, or, you know, you're going to make them whoever you're because see, now you've got the two of cups in the center, which is two people. So, you know, I'm not thinking you're going to be doing this alone. Like you might meet somebody there, and okay. uh, but you're going to make them pay for their own drinks. <laughs> ah. All
1: right, sounds, sounds exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah, it sounds like the hell that you're expecting, basically. <laughs> And then, um,
1: note to to the listeners, you know, this is not the time of year to go to Florida, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead.
2: Yeah, it's just going to be, what did you say? It's hurricane season?
1: Yeah, it's hurricane season.
2: Yeah, so it's going to be hectic, you know, you're probably not going to be in your right mind. But, you know, at least you've got that cocaine in there, so.
3: (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh,
2: So for your, um, for your advice, I have the Knight of Cups. So that kind of goes along with your reverse sugar daddy. Like, I mean, I don't feel like you're going to have any romance on this trip. Like you might do the cocaine off titties, but that's it. And I don't know if if titties is FCC word that I'm allowed to say either. but. (laughs) Okay. And for your outcome, oh, this is so funny. You have the two of wands reversed. So the two of wands is somebody that uh, is going on a trip, basically. They're planning for their trip. But you are going to, like, not want to go anywhere on any airplanes anytime soon after this. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, for your shadow card, I have, this is funny too, the three of pentacles, which is uh, reversed. And basically... Goes right along with your uh, anti-teamwork theme you've got going on in this spread. I don't think that you're going to be enjoying people or their company whatsoever.
1: <laughs> Sounds exciting.
2: Yeah, so there's a there's a good reading for your uh, for your trip coming up. And we can do more, too, on other things. I I feel like we should do one on Ron just to mess with him. (laughs) It's unethical. It's unethical. But what I tell people is that I have an LLC, so I can say whatever I want. I don't know if that's accurate, but I like to say that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Assume me,
2: I have an LLC.
3: (laughs) Boy,
1: what else to do? So so basically, I'm going to get there okay. I'm going to come back okay. But I'm not going to be very happy while I'm there.
2: Right. I feel like you might try to, the, you know, you're going to try to party, but it's just not going to be, uh, it's
1: not going to work out for me.
2: No, no love and light for you. <laughs>
1: no, that's okay. That. Yeah. I just want to know, I'm, I just want to know I'm going to come back. Okay. That that's.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. Now, if you get there and somebody offers you cocaine, you have to message me immediately because I'll, and be like, "Damn, Natalie, you are psychic."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, by the way, I, I don't do
3: drugs.
2: was well, offered to you. <laughs>
1: I'll be politely turning it down, thank
2: you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be like, let me, um, just go talk to my friend Natalie, <laughs> <to> take them. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> no. I'm enough of a weirdo
3: as it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't
2: need help. I don't need help either, I just, uh, I think there's something wrong with my chemistry either, to where, like, when I do try things, it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me, so I'm like, meh, I'm boring, I'll just st- stick to my weirdo I'm boring. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm boring.
2: No you're
1: boring. not. Yeah, no I'm boring. <laughs> I, I just go on road trips. You know what it is that makes me go on road trips?
2: Trying to not be boring.
1: <laughs> no. No, no that's not it. It's it's more um I get wanderlust. Yeah. I just I I get tired of of being where I'm at. I just want to go somewhere different. Mm -hmm. So I figure I have two, I have two ways that I do it. I either pick a spot that I really want to see for whatever reason. It's, you know, they're usually a little weird, but I pick a spot and I go for it. Or conversely, I'll just pick a direction and go.
2: Yeah, you end up, I don't
1: even have a
3: destination
2: you end up finding some really interesting stuff. Like when I see your pictures on Facebook and Instagram, you find like, you know, some really interesting things to take pictures of. Like, what was this the last time you had, uh, the last blockbuster? Was that the last blockbuster video in the country or just one of the last in the world, in the world? And you went to it. Like that was, you know, I would never even have found that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it's So, okay. So because you have an LLC, so, when you have a trademark right on a logo.
3: Uh-huh.
1: in order to in order to keep the trademark, you have to you have to actively use it. So what happens is is that multinational corporations buy and sell companies all the time, and when they buy the company, they get the trademark. Well, they you know they may be amalgamating another you know a, a whole another brand. And so what they do is to keep the trademark, They have to keep something active. So like in San Francisco, right, um, I think it's Chevron, was originally Standard Oil. And so there was one Standard Oil uh, gas station in the entire world, and it was in San Francisco because Chevron is based here. And so you could go there and get your gas from Standard Oil, but it was the only one left. So whoever owns Blockbuster now, um, they have to keep one in order to keep Blockbuster as a trademark. So with the logo and everything. So these, these guys in Bend, Oregon, uh, they pay the licensing fee. It's independently owned, but they pay the licensing fee, uh, to keep, to keep the, the Blockbuster trademark, you know, so they can use it mm-hmm. as a franchise. And so when you go in there, it's a Blockbuster video. I mean, I worked in one when I was 18 years old for six months.
2: Oh, wow. And,
1: um, yeah, it looks just the way it did, you know, in 1993.
2: Isn't that crazy? Exactly. Yeah, the pictures are yeah, great. Exactly the
1: same. Oh, yeah, it's a Blockbuster. You can go there and you can rent Blu ray videos and, and DVDs. No red box for you. You you go to Blockbuster. Yeah. They, you know, <clears throat> they have t shirts and, you know, it says on the, it shows the Blockbuster, last Blockbuster on Earth. And then on the back, it has a globe.
3: Did you get That's one? Hilarious. Of course. <laughs> of you know
1: the course. weirdest, the weirdest one I, the weirdest thing I ever stumbled across is that I was driving across Wyoming, coming back from a uh, rather extended road trip, and I was driving across Wyoming, and I stopped to get gas, and um, there was a place there that advertised they had the the biggest, the largest jackalope in the world, so I had to visit. Uh, there are photos of all this crap. Oh and yeah, I have a picture here. of my
2: daughter with a jackalope.
1: Yeah, well, this is an enormous one. I mean, yeah, it's, it's,
2: yeah, it's, it's in, in Wyoming. Wyoming, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so um, I got a I got a shirt, of course, and i But that's not the funny thing. So I'm driving. Jackalopes, the jackalope thing is pretty common. Yeah. But I'm, I'm driving down the road, and it's not much of a road. I mean, it's like one lane. But this is, like, one of the main ways for me to get to uh, – I was trying to go to um, oh, uh, the Grand Tetons. And so this, is, this was the way I could get to the Grand Tetons from South Dakota. And so I'm driving along, and the, my, one of the people I was with was like, what is that? And it was like a construction site. And somebody was building this huge concrete building. Just on the side of the road. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And as we passed it, uh, there were probably about 30 or 40 tanks, <gasps> military tanks, sitting behind it. And I'm like, what the hell? And so when we got to the Grand Tetons, um, I, got, I got out my phone and I searched it. And this guy was building the largest private museum of military vehicles,
3: oh, armored wow. military
1: vehicles in the world. And so he had about 40 tanks, and then half tracks and other stuff. And he, you know, he was just a rich, crazy person who wanted to collect tanks. And so he had a, he has a ranch, and on the, and basically on the edge of the ranch, by the, by the quote-unquote freeway, uh, there's a, there's now a functional. I, I saw it being built, but apparently now it's open. There's a functional tank museum.
2: Oh my and gosh, how cool! Um, you, you saw it yeah, being I built. Did,
1: uh, another time, I went to um, I went to Willow Creek where they had the big Bigfoot sighting. They have this, they have a Bigfoot museum there. And if you want a good video, uh, check out Pacific North Weird uh, Vince zinza who was also a guest on the podcast.
2: And by the way, each deck of ter- each Tarot mood deck comes imbued with the fart of a tiny Bigfoot. <laughs>
3: oh, excellent.
2: That's yes, that's my oh, my yeah. selling point. All these decks have, you know, the, the, these fancy decks have something imbued in them. I'm like, I'm gonna put in a tiny Bigfoot fart.
3: <laughs> there
1: you
2: go. Well, no prove so in I don't a, have them. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, so I'm in I'm in Willow Creek, right? And I go to the Bigfoot Museum. I get my photo taken in front of the two story tall Bigfoot. You know all this stuff. And I'm I'm driving to where there's supposed to be like a mural at this ace hardware. They have a mural of Bigfoot.
3: <laughs> and
1: I'm driving, and I overshot it. I missed the entrance to the parking lot and I overshot it and I'm driving down. And there's this I guess it's a tow yard. Some this guy runs a, a tow yard and he had in the tow yard he had a Polaris missile, which is a, a nuclear missile fired from a submarine. Oh and he had a MiG. What, what, it was like a, I want to say it was like a MiG seventeen, like a Polish MiG seventeen, like sitting in the tow yard, a fighter plane sitting oh in the God. tow yard next to a missile. Yep,
2: yeah, sounds about right for that area. <laughs> I I but, moved but, here from know, Montana, so I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is you know this is out by Humboldt, and it, it just there's oh, a fighter okay. a fighter yeah there's a, a swept wing. 1950s fighter sitting in this tow yard with Polish markings. And then um, there's a Polaris missile. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, it's about the most random thing that I could imagine. I, I pulled into the, into the driveway, and I'm, like, taking photos, you know, because I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I, I was I was confused. I was <laughs> very confused. I went there for Bigfoot and I found a fighter plane. Go figure.
2: And that's awesome. There's probably like kids crawling on it and shit. Like, look, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> look,
3: mommy,
1: a fighter plane. It ah, was a big
3: plane.
2: Mm, They it's
1: had funny, one of those.
2: But you know, go ahead. Oh, they had one in this town I lived in in Montana, Hamilton. They had like a. It was a coast guard's uh like office that had a big tank in front and my daughter ran up and was like climbing right up the tank. I'm like, I don't think you're allowed to do that.
1: <laughs> well you, you see, I mean sometimes when you're on a road trip, I know this isn't very terrible, but you know, we, we uh we tend to diverge. Yes. You know, I was I was driving to Gilroy once, uh and and um well dri- I was driving to Santa Cruz but I was going the Gilroy way. And and instead of driving through the mountains and um, I'm driving along and one of the people that was with me was like, what is that? And I looked over and it was a, it was a B-29, a privately owned B-29 bomber. It's a World War II bomber just sitting at a little tiny municipal airport. There's a a B-29 there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you just drive, we, we were driving across Wyoming and we're driving along, and, you know, there's all this Halliburton crap. I mean, there's, like, Halliburton crap everywhere, but, you know, that's where Cheney's from. So,
3: uh-huh. you
1: know, Halliburton is, is from Wyoming. And uh, there's some sort of, like, mining thing. And
3: mm-hmm.
1: then off to the left side, there's some sort of secure military installation with all these, like, satellite dishes and antennas and whatever. And I was like, what the hell? So I looked it up, and, yeah, they, they did, like – um like digital bombing, so they would set these dishes up in the middle of nowhere, and then the bombers would fly over and simulate a bomb run. But it was just like on the side of the road. I mean, the, if you're dry, it, it, that's the beauty of a road trip—you just drive along. And I was driving through Idaho toward uh, the—I went to the, the uh, potato museum in Blackfoot, Blackfoot, Idaho.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're driving along, and there's a massive. Uh, Army surplus store, like, the biggest one in the country.
3: Mm -hmm. And, I
1: mean, they sold, like, trucks.
3: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, you could buy, like, generators and chemical warfare suits and trucks and jeeps and containers. Yeah. I mean, you just see the most bizarre crap when you're just, like, driving down the road.
2: Yeah, we used to go to those military uh, surplus stores when we were kids, and they, and I don't think I appreciated them. I kind of forgot about them, but now that you're talking about them, it sounds pretty cool. And that one sounds really cool, but I know oh, we used wow. to just go to, like, get mace, you know? <laughs>
1: we used to go to get uh, disarmed hand grenades and stuff.
2: Oh, Cool. <laughs> And oh, and paintball. then the, the jackets, I was into the jackets when I was in like junior, or, you know, middle school, those, uh, just camo jackets, thought I was yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> when,
1: when I was in high school, oh. when I was 16, I was in high school. I played paintball. And so, oh yeah,
2: so
3: we, yeah.
1: So we, we tried, it was the paintball age. So we, we tried being my friends, we tried to have some authenticity.
3: So yeah. everybody would
1: get go get different kinds of uniforms. I mean, some of us had the same ones, Some of us had different ones, and, but we had all the right equipment. And, you know, back, back then we didn't, they didn't have, you know, we had webbing. They didn't have like the vests and other kind of more cool looking stuff they have now. But we had, you know, we had all the webbing and, and the bayonets and all that crap. And some of the guys had um, more of like a handgun, paintball gun, so you know they had holsters and cool. We had gas masks and we put all the patches on. I think I I made myself a a major in military intelligence or something. <laughs> so yeah, so and you know we would wear goggles but we wouldn't wear face masks because we were stupid. And so one one Halloween, me and my friends we decided well we got these uniforms, you we know, had the jump boots and boot knives and all this kind of crap we should go trick or treating when we're 16, you know, Hey, get some free candy. What the hell. Right. And so I used, I used to live near, well, I, I live in the same place, but there used to be a, a, uh, weapon storage facility, uh, that was manned by Marines, not far from where I live, a rather large one. And, um, we went to this, this one door and we knocked on the door. We're standing there. And we're like, hey, trick or treat. And, and the woman is like, was a little older. And she's like, aren't you too old to be doing this? So, we're like, hey, yeah. there's no age limit. I, okay, we're just Karen. Some, <laughs> right. We're just, we're just looking to have some fun. And, and, you know, it's the season. And some, you know, free candy is always good, right? Yeah. And she's like, why, why don't you guys just go back to the base? And we're like, hey, does the patch say Marine Corps? No. It says Army. He's <laughs> <laughs> giving her a bunch of shit about it.
3: What a biatch! Yeah she, yeah, she
1: told us to go. You know, we we put took time, put on face paint and everything.
3: And yeah. Said, go
1: go back to the base. You shouldn't be trick or treating. Like, hey, I'm only 16. I'm not in the military. <laughs> it, it was that accurate. I mean, we looked like actual soldiers.
2: Ah, oh, that's I mean. great. Gotta love a Karen. Gotta ruin the the fun. Did did everybody else I mean, give candy or would is she the only one that gave you you know, crap?
1: No, everybody else a lot of people gave us extra candy. They were like, That's really creative. Here's extra candy.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you know, I, when when I played paintball, right, I was a sniper. Because you know a paintball if you're organized, you know, you have different tasks. Well, I was a sniper and I had what's called a ghillie suit. It, Oh, my yeah, yeah, shoot.. <laughs> yeah. and, <laughs> <Good>. and so <laughs> we go out to the we go out to Fairfield and the, there's a place out there called Carpet Bobs, and we show up. and there there's a bunch of guys there from Travis, Air Force Base, and you know they had come out to be badasses and and play paintball. and then so on one side, you have a good twenty guys from the Air Force Base, and then on the other side, which is super close. On the other side, there's a bunch of, you know, they're rednecks. I mean, I can't describe it any other way. They're rednecks. You know, they had Dixie flags, and they were drinking, you know, PAFs and lawn chairs on the back of their pickup trucks and whatever. And so, you know, we were not really allied to either side. So my friend and I are standing there. We're like, well, what do we do? You know, who, do we go with the military guys, or do we go with the, you know, with the rednecks and, and. And, uh we we're like we're going with the Rednecks you know because they had spent their entire lives hunting so we figured out you know yeah we beat the crap out of those Air Force guys it, that's
2: awesome so and they're military and at, trained
1: <laughs> yeah and at, at one point my friend and I we were out in in this we had kind of they they kept going along the trails and so we, we had kind of set up Nix's trail and we're we're kind of crouching in our our seats and amongst the grass and, and the eucalyptus trees we were kind of crouching in our suits. And, and the, uh, the air force guys had, had decided to come in mass toward where the other team was, our team. And so they start a firefight and they're, we're in the middle, <laughs> we're in between the two sides. And so there, there are paintballs whizzing past us and, and we can't talk to each other We can't move. And, um, Finally, I got hit because I was crouching, I got hit in the the sole of my shoe mm.
3: baseball,
1: you get hit you get hit anywhere, you know you're out, so I stand up and and I hear this what what the hell and uh, you know the a bunch of that and i I walk off the field and um after the game, a bunch of these people the air force guys they're like where what what were you?" I'm like, I was like, <laughs> sitting there." trying to shoot you with my paint gun and they're like dude we thought you were a bush we were trying to fire through
3: you oh my god i'm like
1: next time fire fire over me so i don't get hit and i can shoot you back
2: (laughs) paintball is so much fun i want to do that again i've done it It one time and i really really enjoyed myself i went into like full military mode people were like damn natalie you're serious oh yeah
1: Oh yeah, you got a, and we were playing in a eucalyptus grove, so it was kind of foresty. It was fun. Nice. Now I still have fatigues, but I have them for a different reason. So. It's part of my go bag.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have a I have a full set. That's
2: oh nice.
1: Stuff in my go bag. Yeah. Well, you gotta. Yeah. If you're yeah. grabbing a go, if if you're grabbing your go bag, things are not going well.
3: <laughs> right, you need to be hiding.
1: Yeah, I got I got bolt cutters, a tomahawk. I got a <laughs> tactical tomahawk, amongst other things.
2: Nice. Like, I just have like a yeah, water danger. filter. My my go bag is so totally passive. It's like uh, <laughs> okay. no defense oh, at all. No. Just hide out stuff, you know, like just survival basically is it. <laughs> I oh, really no, I need gotta, an invisibility I, cloak. I, if I could get an invisibility cloak, I'd be good.
1: Okay, Harry Potter. You <laughs> invisibility cloak.
2: I've not seen those movies <laughs> or read the books, obviously.
1: Well, supposedly, supposedly, there's a, there is an invisibility cloak.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: but you can't get it.
2: Oh, okay. Well, sounds about right. Sounds, the story of my life. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I even have a uh, a combat, like a combat medics bag. I have like surgical stuff in it. There's just stuff called quick clot. Ah. Bas- yeah. It was developed by the Israelis. Basically, you dump this powder on your cut, and it mm-hmm. or insta-clot, and it instantly clots. Yeah a bunch of that water water purifiers
2: Yeah have you seen the that mushrooms kind of that do that too there's the uh, the puff mushrooms and oh. you, you apparently just put them right into a uh, a an open cut and it'll just clot clot it right up
1: no, I I don't know that much about
2: mushrooms. Oh actually. well, was so, a lot of them in this place that I lived in in Montana. It sort of, you know, we were interested in them as a kid because they were so full of this puff, this dust, you know, that would puff out if you open them. And uh, that's apparently it's nature's uh, clot. What do you call it? Clot blocker. <laughs>
1: What's it called?
2: Coagulant. Yeah, coagulant. Well, what were you calling it? The the uh, that you oh, that the, you have? It's the clot. Instaclot, Yeah, nature's instaclot. <laughs>
1: nature's Instaclot
2: But yeah. So tell
1: me so, so tell me something. So how did you how did you get into the whole tarot thing?
2: Well, um originally I was just sort of dabbling. I was just sort of sticking my toe in, you know, um and I just thought it was a cool witchy thing and I uh, didn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like my life like it is now. Um, But when I started making the deck is when it really got to where I was, I'd say, I'd say just about a couple of months before that is when I started reading professionally, um, which it was kind of uh, aimless. I didn't know, you know, what I was doing, um, as far as finding my audience and it was not going super smoothly uh, as far as business wise goes, but I was into it because, um, I, I just was, you know, it sounds cheesy, but I was really into the idea of magic and magic in your life and your everyday life. And, um, in magic, as I was discovering it was changing my life and um giving me empowerment and so tarot was a a big tool for me to you know my favorite tool I also have a pendulum Um, I don't mess around with Ouija boards but not for any particular reason I just don't they just don't work for me um but but you know like I I love Like a lot of the things that I'm not into yet that I'm really interested in, like candle magic and things like that, sigils. And um, I know that those are tools that do help, you know, change your life because I've seen it happen. And so that's when I really started getting into um, tarot. And then and and it was just sort of interesting to me, but I wasn't fully involved until I started, you know, putting my own spin on things. And so, yeah, it was just a a learning process. And, of course, tarot is an art form, so it's going to be a lifelong learning process. And and even people that have done tarot for 20 years will still say that they don't know that that they're a professional, you know, uh but of course they are but you know it's just one of those things where you can never know everything and it's just very mysterious so but i've seen it work and um you know after after having done so many tarot readings where every single person is like holy crap um you know, that really resonates. Um, my, my friend was trying I don't know. I
1: hope it doesn't resonate because you said I'm basically going
2: to be miserable. So. No, I saw, <laughs> I saw fun in there. I just saw you passing on it. But, uh, you know, it, the thing about a tarot reading is that you are the one in charge of your life. So it's just a, an idea of what could happen. And so what you could do is, you know... Uh, Start to awesome. see the tarot reading unfolding in your life and say, oh, wait, I, I saw that. I, I heard that that was going to happen, and I'm not going to do that. So it's it can be used as a tool to to uh, free will.
3: <laughs>
1: yes, of course. It's directional.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's what I always tell people if they get a bad reading is, well, now you know what uh, what could happen, so let's do something different, you know?
3: Well,
1: let's at least hope I have a smooth flight. How about we start there? <laughs>
2: yeah, let me just pull a card for your flight really quick. I feel yes, like... Please. Uh... <clears throat> Excuse
3: me. Nervous flyer.
2: Yeah, he's a nervous flyer. Okay, so... Um... I feel, so I have the ace of swords and I think that this is just saying that you it's all going to be in your mind whether you have a good time or a bad time but it is the uh, a victory card so I feel like you're going to overcome the your yeah your your mental issues <laughs> wow. it is so interesting because this card has uh, a hand coming out of the clouds so uh, you'll be in the clouds that's so that's awesome. Thing. <laughs> um, and it has a, a crown on it So you might just be king of the air Maybe you'll get the, the royal treatment up there
3: <laughs> Oh
2: I sure hope so Yeah Maybe you'll get like a cute stewardess To flirt with you or something Or somebody there will like you invite
3: know, That <laughs> 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 city uh, party
1: so, uh, you know, so you know, n- not we don't normally plug future podcasts, but next week uh, we're gonna have uh, Alan Greenfield on. He's uh he used to be real high up in the OTO. Oh. And, uh, he's a uh, yeah. He does all kinds of magic, including Enochian magic. So, oh wow! So you, know, you definitely cool. want to definitely want to listen to that.
2: Yes. So check so that interesting. Out. Yeah. Um, have you seen what is that movie? Oh, there's a TV show that's out that everybody's really been was into earlier in the year called I think it's called the AO or the OA. Hold on, five minutes. I'll take okay. care of them. it.
3: Sounds it's like psychology. it. Yeah,
1: it, it sounds like it. That's
3: what I think. That's what
2: he's been having,
1: especially after I hope you find him all. So anyway, give some. Yeah, no, I'm going to give him some Benadryl. And if the Benadryl helps. It's a shellfish. Oh, now I have to edit my podcast. Anyway, so, they- <clears throat> yeah, Greenfield, he's he's he does like an Okian Magic and a whole bunch of stuff. And he, he, I don't know that show, but there's a show called Hellier. Have you seen Hellier?
2: No, I haven't.
1: It's on, I want to say it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Hellier.
2: Okay. Basically,
1: they go to this place in Kentucky to uh, to try to find these hooven trolls or whatever that are, are have been seen, and they get contacted by this guy. And the really the only reference to this guy is in one of Greenfield's books that we publish, by the way. We publish Greenfield's books.
3: Oh wow! And um,
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's in it's in the complete cipher of the UFO knots, which is a book everybody should buy, not because I print it or publish it but because it's actually fascinating. And there's uh, a <clears throat> it's about ultra terrestrials and there's also secret rights of the men in black and the and the secret cipher of the UFO knots as well. But Greenfield and this guy Terry Terry uh, Terry Risk, they <clears throat> they there's there's a mathematical calculation like a code that you can use and apparently if you put in the time and the date of a UFO sighting into it, it will tell you the the date and location of the next one.
2: Hmm, interesting. Well, you know, it's yeah. all it's all science. It's all, you know, magic is science. Magic is science that we don't understand yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, chemistry was alchemy. Yeah,
2: and when you look at how energy, you know, and uh, breaks down and the... Um, Uh, God, I'm having a brain fart. Maybe you can edit out my brain fart. Uh, What is it?
3: it. Brain farts are the best. (laughs)
2: Um, The the, what is it? Not it's not symmetry. It's the triangles that go. um, God, I I I say the word all the time, but do you know what I'm talking about? The
1: um, so about the uh, tetragrammaton and all that. Yeah, you you know.
2: That, that is in everything, everything. And it's, yes, Everything
3: yeah. is geometry.
2: hmm It's so interesting. And so, you know, and then, um, as, as far as, you know, you see people use pure intention to heal people. Um, there's video of it, of, you know, proof of people, uh, Buddhist monks chanting, um, uh, you know, uh, basically that it is done and what they want is done and it's just done through their energy which is is the geometries and the energy it's very interesting and it's sort of like with the the when you put sand on a speaker or um the the ice crystals the snow how they're if you put negative energy or positive energy they look different you know it's the same tech this is the same theory and it's, it's real, you know, and that's what became so empowering to me was, um, was that this stuff is real, you know? And so that's what really got me into, um, kind of investigating all of that. And I sort of, you know, and when people talk about, um, you know, oh, just do this candle magic and it'll fix your problems. I sort of roll my eyes, but I shouldn't because, you know, I've seen it happen. I think a lot of us are just programmed to think that that's all bullshit, but it is, it is science.
3: (laughs) It
1: is, it is a, it is a form of science that has not been completely, you know, sussed out yet, but it is.
2: Right. We just don't understand it yet, how it's working exactly.
1: And and you know there there is that old saying about you know the idea that if if science is indecipherable to you, you see it as magic. So
3: right, you
1: know, it's one of those things. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> we've uh, run out of time.
2: Oh, that was fast.
1: <laughs> it was very fast. So we've we've now we have to keep it to an hour. You know, that fringe being on fringe FM, we have to keep it to an hour.
2: Very cool.
3: So,
1: how uh, how do people find you?
2: Yeah, um, if you want to back the deck, that'd be awesome. And uh, it's at tarotmood.com. Um, there's a link. All, there's links all over my website to the Kickstarter. If you want to just go to Kickstarter and look up Tarot Mood, you can. But if you want a direct link straight to the campaign, it's on my tarotmood.com. And um, on my tarotmood.com, I also have some links to some shows that I did on uh, TFR radio, some interviews about tarot with other uh, tarot hosts and uh, um, some some memes and some spreads and just some sort of general tarot nonsense so you guys can check out my website and if you're into Facebook groups, we have a wonderful group that just hit over 2,000 um, people so it's still manageably small but big enough to be fun um, and that's called Tarot Mood and then I'm on Instagram at Tarot Mood as well. It's just all all tarot mood. Tarot mood. Yeah, great. yeah. I had a couple different names at one point, and then I decided just to combine it all to make things easy for people. So, now,
1: just in 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 support of your paranoia has bought a deck. Um, so, in support of your Kickstarter, to my listeners out there, um, <clears throat> I'm going to have a contest. So <laughs> I am going to give away one of one of the mood decks signed by Natalie for you. Uh, what I want is I want the best, because I, I like Gordon Ramsay, I want the best Gordon Ramsay meme you can find. It's <laughs> inappropriate. It's all good. Uh, you can either email it to me. Um, my email is on paranoiamagazine.com, or a lot of you guys are on Facebook. You can send it to me on Facebook as well. Um, so go to paranoiamagazine.com, go to the, about us and the contact. And my email is there. You can send me an email with your inappropriate, uh, Gordon Ramsey meme, or, uh, you can send it to me on Facebook. You can send it directly to me. Uh, I will start a,
3: uh,
1: I will start a thing on paranoia magazines or I'll, I'll start it online. Um, just look me up on Facebook. I'll, uh, I'll make a little topic for it. You can send me your inappropriate Goran Ramsey needs. The funniest one gets the deck. So,
2: That's great. I is there a time limit on roll. it? Is there a time limit on uh, it or is it just the one, that, one that gets you to roll? Okay.
1: You know, I, you know, I hate putting time limits on things. I, I think I'll know it when I see it.
2: You'll know it, yeah. You'll be like, oh damn, that is deck worthy. Yes. <laughs>
1: I'll know it when I see it. It'll, it'll probably be an inappropriate one that'll make me laugh my ass off, but I'll know I'll know it when I see it. Well, thank you again for coming on.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me, and uh, sorry Ron couldn't be here, but his seat is nice and warm now, and, and uh, just tell him to keep his face out of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will tell him. And, and in the meantime, in the meantime you can check out my Instagram it's paranoia mags. I'm on Facebook, uh, paranoia magazines on Facebook, uh, paranoiamagazine.com. Um, I'm probably missing something. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I'm still one. It's a robot, so it's time for me to end the podcast. And um, hey everybody, be excellent to one
3: another.
2: Oh, the Fibonacci sequence. That's what I was thinking of earlier. Okay, done now. <laughs> Oh, the
3: Fibonacci sequence? All right, well, yeah. there you go. All right, woo! <laughs>
1: good show. Right. <laughs> Great show. All right, be excellent to one another, everybody. <laughs> good, night. good night.
0: Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton, sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now, paranoiamagazine.com. Intro theme, The Guide, is composed by Scott Moon, scottmoon.net. Outro theme, Fighting Trousers, is by Professor Elemental, professorelemental.com. Voice over, written and performed by Mr. Lobo, host of Cinema Insomnia watch new episodes on OSI 74. Visit us at osi74.com. We are resuming control for now.